Today we have a very special guest, say hello to Chi. Hello everybody. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast religiously, you will know that uh, this is what, your third? Third, third or fourth? Four. Third or fourth time joining us. It's always a treat, it's always special when we have this gentleman here. Uh, as per usual, yeah, we're going to be running through the various uh, movie news going around Hollywood and other respective places around the globe, and then we're going to be moving on to reviews. Ian and I were... Hmm. I suppose we were lucky fortunate, enough. lucky enough to catch Night and Day this week. So for we'll free. be we're lucky to catch for free. Yeah, we were very lucky to catch it for free. Thank you, Night. <laughs> Thank you, Night, for hooking us up to see Night and Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, I also caught Hot Tub Time Machine later in the week. So as did I. I have not seen Night and Day. And as per usual, after that, we shall be wrapping things up with the box office results from Malaysia and the United States of America. Just asked to save the world. And if, as usual, you have any comments or thoughts, send them into podcast at mcyappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcyappenfries.com. You always do that. Yeah, I know. You always got to repeat. Write something in. I hate that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what we're doing or if you don't like what we're doing, just send us something in. He says that every week as well. Really? Us, bring, Mix it up, man. Mix it up. Bring in your dead. We'll eat it. <laughs> All right. On to news. Uh, I guess we start off with our usual Marvel Minute. It is the Marvel Minute. Assuming we do it every week anyway. We <laughs> well, because every fucking, every fucking week there's something to do with yeah. Marvel going on. Did you guys talk about the short films yet? Yeah, this is the, I don't think we did mention that last no, week. No, we didn't but, uh, mention that last week. Marvel have announced that they're, in order to bring some of their Z-list characters to life before putting them on big, risky movies, they're going to be doing these short 10-minute features, putting them before the uh, main Marvel movies. Sort of like the Pixar way of doing things. Exactly. Yeah, so and I think uh, they're going to start it with Iron Man 3, right? Maybe. In the Avengers and Iron Man 3, I Could think, be, is yeah. when they're going to start doing that. Personally, I think this is a really good idea. I yeah. Think yeah, yeah. If they can do it as, like, as well as Pixar, because they're talking originally about doing like 30 to $40 million budget movies for Luke Cage and all that kind of stuff. But they yeah. do this first, they can build up the hype a lot more. But the one worry I have is tonally, does the short have to fit in with, with the, the movie, movie mm. that it's in front of? Like, you can't have like a hardcore Luke Cage yeah. street before. drug story before Iron Man 3. Mm. That's right, that's right. No, that'll be interesting to see how they pull it off, you know, like, and uh, just, you know, is it going to be sort of a contained story, mm. or is it going to be like a teaser to a bigger story, you know, because mm. uh, that, that's also one way of doing it. It's a good opportunity, yeah, whether they all meet and all add up to something or not, but it could be even just like a flavor teaser, you know, if you just have coming in the middle of an awesome chase and then leaving at the end of it for some characters, it will be cool. No, that's, that's possible. I mean, it's also a really good way of sort of gauging sort of audience reaction to like you know like what what should be the next uh, sort of C grade character that gets made you know Iron Fist <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would I, watch I, Iron Fist yeah. have you guys read the latest Iron Fist run the Brubaker Matt Fraction comic book run? No, yeah I got the there's a new one yeah, it's brilliant. It's one of the best. You know, new that one. I thought about Define New. It's been a couple of years. I have it there. I'm a little out of the comic book loop. I'm not entirely sure what the new titles are, like especially over the last like couple of years. Well, they all go back to the history of Iron Fist yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, and it's really, really, it's, it's really good. Cool. What they did in the new series is they basically took all the sort of mythology stuff that works that they did in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and they kept it. And the stuff that doesn't work, they just chucked it away. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Iron Fist is no longer in tiny little kung fu booties. Oh yeah, what's he wearing now? 
Boots. Boots. <laughs> Kick your ass now, man. He's graduated from booties to boots. Uh, you know, Ray Park is going to be pissed. Because Ray Park, uh, for quite a long time, was attached to an Iron Fist movie. Oh, yeah? And uh, he, for those of you who don't know, Ray Park is uh, the guy who played Darth Maul. Uh, he also played Snake Eyes in uh, the last G.I. Joe movie. Toad in X-Men. Toad in X-Men. And, uh, and was also in Eats vs. Severn. That, X vs. Sever. X vs. Sever, is that what it was called? Yeah, that, yeah. And, that terrible Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. Never Lee saw that. Never seen that either. Yes, and we got to hear what his voice sounds like when he's when he's not being dubbed by someone else. And he you told terrible. he sounds terrible. He's, he's got like a David Beckham type of voice. Oh yeah, but it's like it, very squeaky. It's a squeaky, but it's got a really, he's got a really thick English. He's accent. He's got a very well. thick English accent. Ooh. That's right. But, but it's not that low gravelly. No, it's very. No, wasn't it? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, so that's a shame. That's that's a shame. That, that's a shame that Ray Park isn't going to be able to do it anymore because mm. the boy's getting old. Although he could still he still kicked ass with Snake Eyes. Mm. You know, yeah, Snake but I Eyes. don't think he can. I love his acting through the mask under the truck where he just goes, as it opens his mouth slightly, and it, <laughs> it, it conveys so much emotion. <laughs> I was I don't know why he didn't get an, an Oscar nod for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's a good idea. I really like the idea of like short films with all these sort of like Marvel characters that. Maybe you don't want to throw yeah. two hundred million at that on the first try. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, I agree. Especially the uh, especially they're done well. Yeah, that's the important thing. Another more Marvel news was uh, uh, to talk about the Doctor Strange movie. Mm. Did you hear about this? Or Patrick Dempsey? Uh, no, Patrick Dempsey wants to play it. He's, Yo, he wants to play Doctor. Is that McSteamy? Yeah, it's McDreamy. McDreamy. McSteamy's the other one. <laughs> as we all grow vaginas at once. Where'd it go? <laughs> but he wants, he wants to do Doctor he Strange want, yeah, Doctor, uh, Patrick Dempsey wants to play Doctor Strange in the same way Ryan Reynolds wants, wants to, to play The Flash but uh, it sounds like a terrible idea it sounds like an absolutely horrible idea it should be you need like a Christopher Walken type or something yeah 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 you need some freaky looking motherfucker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Dempsey you don't think Master of the Mystic Arts no you really don't. You don't. Yeah, sorcerer screw <laughs> shit chase me Patrick Dempsey all I think about is with honors <laughs> that doesn't work out so well, uh, but there's the Doctor Strange movie is actually. I mean, they've been talking about a Doctor Strange movie for years. I mean, I remember like even in the '90s, it was. I remember hearing it somewhere in the '90s that it was in, in development at some point. They actually uh, didn't they do it. There was a CBS it? TV movie. Done a was TV? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. In, I've never seen made it in the late '70s, and they also did a cartoon. Like yeah, Marvel animation uh, made for DVD animated movie, which I did not see. No. Um, not very good. Not very good. But Doctor Strange is one of those iffy... It might be one of those characters that actually works better as a movie than as a comic book. Because yeah. you've never been able to mm. keep a comic book story of Doctor Strange going for too long. Mm. He's right now a you know, supporting act character in some Yeah, he just turns we need some magic yeah, shit yeah, done. Yeah, but... For those of you who are unaware of the uh, Doctor Strange character, this is uh, one of uh, Marvel's sort of second t- second or third tier character, depending on the uh, the period in which the comic was uh, coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, he's a former surgeon who is given the mantle of uh, Sorcerer Supreme, and it is his duty to protect Earth from the many multi-dimensional magical entities and forces that would seek to do harm. Just need to get the guy from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> I must protect you from darkness. No, but if they if they if they went like if they took it seriously and everything, it could be actually like a really cool sort of magic movie. Yeah, uh, because there hasn't really been any, anything like that. I mean, the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is coming out. Mm. Looks like it flirts with that in a very sort of playful way. Mm. Right. But if they were to if if they were to do it like as an adult movie, like a very serious film, it is potentially mm. very very good. 
But what's nice, I mean, because this will be done under Disney. It won't. It won't be. Yeah, this will be the first one they're going to do. It's Disney not Marvel Studios. Oh, will be, but it's it the first be. one done. The, but on the, the first the... one they're doing under the Disney banner. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so you know it's going to be PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> but the news on this was that they've hired the Conan screenwriters, Tom Stanley and Joshua Oppenheimer, to write the film. Yeah, well, um, I wouldn't get too excited about that because they also wrote Sahara and A Sound of Thunder. I like oh, Sahara. God, you no, like Sahara? no. And that would be fucking cruising that movie. <laughs> did you like? Did you like A Sound of Thunder? I didn't. Couldn't watch all of that. You couldn't watch all of that. Was, oh, I did watch all of that. With Fuck. Edward Burns and Ben Kingsley. Oh, and the girl turned into a fish. Catherine right. McCormick. <laughs> and really bad special effects. Yeah, yeah, pretty really bad. Really bad special effects. Directed by Peter Hyams. What happened? What happened, man? Oh, shit. Yeah, he did some good stuff. He did some good stuff. Outland. Outland is one. Running of scared. That's right. Two thousand and ten. Fuck. Peter Hyams. Last seen doing End of Days. No, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, he had a bad run. He also did that. What was that? The Relic. Yes, he did. Although Back I, when Todd Sizemore was the leading man yeah. uh, before he was before in jail. He, before he started beating beating women up. <laughs> it's like uh, you don't have a penis. I'm gonna clock you. <laughs> uh, also, like in uh, just this uh, more comic related news. Uh, thus, moving on to DC for a little bit. I read this. This is a quote from Robin Williams that I thought was really, really funny. Uh, in an interview with Empire Magazine, Robin Williams was quoted as saying that he would he would uh, do Christopher Nolan's third Batman movie in a like in a heartbeat. Not that I blame him, mm. yeah. but uh, he had this quote that I thought was really, really funny. It's like the Batman films have screwed me have screwed me twice before. Years ago, they offered the Joker, they offered me the Joker, and then they gave it to Jack Nicholson. Then they offered me the Riddler and gave it to Jim Carrey. I'd be like, okay, is this the, is this a real offer? If it is, then the answer is yes. But don't pump me again, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Robin Williams. <laughs> Personally, I think he's a horrible choice as the Riddler. Mm. But then again, I mean, after because uh, he he worked with Christopher Nolan in in, uh, in, in Insomnia. Insomnia, and he was creepy as all. Yeah. Fuck it. No, if he does the whole one hour photo vibe yeah. rather than yeah. the wild and crazy guy vibe, he might be actually like if they play the Riddler not as some sort of like acrobatic skinny motherfucker who's really good with a with, with, with a with a cane. Yeah. But if he's actually sort of like this middle-aged, fucked-up, you know, like a crazy genius, yeah, yeah. then that could actually work. And a little death, death to smoochy in there. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you think you'll prank call? <laughs> prank call Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You better grow eyes in the back of your fucking cow, you fucking horn piece of shit. Because <laughs> I'm not going to rest till worms are crawling out your foam Kevlar ass. I'm going on safari, motherfucker. <laughs> safari. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that. He hasn't seen that. It's fucking funny. It is a very funny fucked up film. Salmonella! <laughs> not, not perfect by not any means. Yeah, but when it's funny, it's fucking hilarious. Bow, 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 bow. We're talking about uh, Guillermo del Toro and how what he's going to be what he's going to be doing next now that he's off the Hobbit. So Collider had an interview with him and he wants to be shooting something in May next year. <laughs> something. 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 Uh, he said the Mountains of Madness is probably not going to happen now. Oh really? Yeah. What, what's not going to happen? The, man, the, the HP. Man, the oh HP no, the Lovecraft one. He oh, just said many reasons. Uh, it was a really long interview, so I just got the clip, the clip note. Um, Hellboy Three would only happen after his next project. It's not his next film, and he's currently presenting the storyline of Frankenstein to Universal, and he still wants Doug Jones to play Frankenstein. Mm. Excellent. I think the problem with Mountains of Madness is it's a really big budget film. The, the whole idea was he would do the Hobbit show that he can handle a hundred, two hundred mm. million dollar film and then he'd do Mountains of Madness. Yeah. Now that he's off the Hobbit, he doesn't have that sort of cachet anymore. No. But uh, Hellboy three, that that would be cool. So Hellboy three is happening. He said it would only happen, so it's not like it's it's 
planning stage or something yet, so he didn't really confirm it as far as I know. Yeah, the rumor on that is the problem is they can't, Mignola and him can't agree on an ending. Right. Because he wants to end Hellboy with the third movie, yeah. and Mignola's like, well, I've got 15 more movies. Didn't he say it. something about like Hellboy's the die or something? Yeah, he, he would, they, they, I mean, like, he wanted to round everything up in a way that it would be quite final. Yeah. Uh, which would make it difficult to continue the comic in yeah. terms of continuity. So that, that was the, the major conflict. Right. I mean, you know, he's got decades worth of comics stories to tell before he wants to end he's Hellboy. Got, he's got a family to feed, dude. He's yeah. not going to kill off Hellboy. Yeah. Not going to kill the Golden He's dudes. like, fuck you, Guillermo. Like, you know, you finish Hellboy, you go off and direct something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> Damn it. You fucking win. <laughs> Although I, I would, um, I, I want to see a movie on Lobster Boy. Did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever read that shit? Wait, Lobster Johnson or? So, yeah, Lobster Johnson. So. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the Amazing Screw on Head. They did that. They, they, they did, did that. the anime. They did yeah, the anime. Yeah. That was genius. That was bro. fucking awesome. I want to see more of that. That was that amazing show. Yeah, Yoda had some fucked up ideas. Going back to Doctor Strange, for those of you who are interested, Guillermo. This is uh, like uh, Guillermo del Toro has been attached to everything over his long career. I, you know, I think it was in like 2004, 2005. He was actually attached to direct Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. Uh, from a script that Neil Gaiman took a took a. Holy shit! Yeah, from a script wow. by Neil Gaiman. So God knows how the fuck that didn't happen. Probably because it was too clever, and Hollywood execs read this and like, doom mm. mm. Explosion! Uh, call Michael Bay. <laughs> I would I would pay money to see Michael Bay's Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh, <laughs> That'd be a fucking car crash of a movie. <laughs> he'd have he'd had two black black twin servants. <laughs> Yo, man, shit! I'm hurt, man. You gotta fix me up. You a doctor and all? <laughs> oh, no, we ain't, we ain't big on reading. Oh, God. I don't know what's going on here. I'm, that's because you a pussy. <laughs> Well, he came out last week and he said, "Yeah, I'm sorry about it too. We kind of just yeah, yeah." yeah. He, he he apologized about it, quite a few things about the sequel. So wait, the racist robots aren't going to be in Transformers? Yeah, he said no. no. Well, he, I think he, when he said the crazy fucking shit is not going to be in it or something. Yeah, know, something like that. Yeah. Because of the, they're blaming the writer's strike now. Because, but then again, I think he was at the time he was all punched. No, I just wrote it and pushed ahead. And it's like, well, so that got you. Actually, I have a question about that. Are we still dealing with movies that were greenlit during the writer's strike now? Because that would explain the. Poor summer movie showing so far this year. I don't think so. I, was too I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, but I think the, but they greenlit a lot of shit. They did. They did. I mean, Transformers Two is definitely a huge victim of that. Yeah. Um, but I think that, in, in in a strange way, that also affected a lot of TV as well. I mean, like yeah. TV just went all went all over the place. But I don't think we're dealing with it anymore. I mean, I think part of the problem is like fucking point five of seasons coming out six months after the first part. Yeah. 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 But I don't think this summer suffered from that so much. Maybe, maybe night and day, because God knows how long that's been in in, uh, in development. I, I yeah, think that's but been I'd say you mean because I remember reading about that. that. I don't know about. But I think like when it comes to movies like say Iron Man, like Iron Man Two, for example, which was strangely disappointing for me. I think the pro- the problem with that wasn't so much that it was greenlit, you know, like uh, during the writer strike. But I think because what made Iron Man One so good was kind of what killed Iron Man Two is that they relied on the improv mm. aspect of it so much that. That just makes editing a movie ridiculously hard, you know, because like you know people are talking all over each other all, all the time, so it's like there's no there's no real way to edit that down. Probably. Yeah. Still, given what's come out this summer, Iron Man Two is one it's of definitely the, one of the one better, of better movies. Film. Definitely one of the better. It's just movies. I think it's very hard to recapture that spirit Lightning of fun. Yeah, Iron Man One was. In fact, I think A Team, while not as quality a movie as Iron Man One, did capture that summer. Very much, yeah, so. very much so. Very real much so. popcorn. Yeah. awesome. Fun. Yeah, I mean, out of all, all of the summer movies that have come out this year, I will say that A Team is the one that captures the spirit of a summer movie. Yeah. the best. I mean, it's just you're just you're smiling from here to here throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Have you heard about um, 
Sylvester Stallone uh, possibly playing uh, John Gotti. Oh yeah, yeah. With and he's got the, he's working with the Gotti family actually yeah. to, to do really? the, the real story. Yeah, I mean this is reported by TMZ. Not exactly the most. So is this like they're billing it Oscar too? Oscar. <laughs> Oscar, yes. Oscar. With Kirk Douglas. Was Kirk Douglas in the world? Yeah, he played the father who directed died. By, in the directed by John Landis. <laughs> that was really the beginning of the end. Like, yeah. You can kind of tell with innocent blood, okay, this guy's in trouble. <laughs> but uh, TMZ reported that Sylvester Stallone is um, in getting ready to play John Gotti in a new biopic about the guy. Uh, it's going to be based on... Um, uh, recollections of uh, Gotti's son, Junior John. <laughs> and yeah, he's the one that wanted to get uh, yeah, Stallone involved. Yeah, in this. Junior John. Uh, John Gotti took over as boss of the Gambino crime family uh, after Paul Casanello was murdered. And uh, did you see the movie, um, the HBO Gotti movie with Amanda Sante? No, I don't. That was good. Yeah, that was good. That was very, very good. Um, uh, in 1992, Gotti was convicted of um, charges: 13 murders, conspiracy to commit murder, racketeering, and tax evasion. <laughs> they always get the gangsters on, on tax, tax evasion. <laughs> Well, it's too hard to pin all the killing and shit on them. Well, that's like, what governments... I mean, you can kill, you can murder, you know, you can deal drugs, but you don't pay your taxes. Don't or, fuck with the don't government. Don't fuck with the no. IRS, man. Well, I, I don't know how old the magazine... I got my haircut yesterday reading some magazine interview with Wesley Snipes. Uh-huh, yeah. He's like, you know, I don't know whether it's, it was an old enough magazine or what, but he's, like, facing three years in prison for willful tax evasion. Not just tax evasion. Like, he would send in things saying, well, my, changing the way he typed his name so that it's like, well, that's not me, that's someone else. Weird shit I like think he that. He is in jail. Is he in jail? He now? is in jail. And it was one of. I think he says it was his lawyers who did it. His yeah. financial. Well, people. this interview, he's booked for crazy. He's like, well, well, there's people out there who know how to abuse the system, and they don't pay their taxes, and there's all these things. I'm, I'm, I was trying to do this, but I'm being shut down because I'm black and shit. Like, just <laughs> weird ass shit, and just the hoops they were pointing, to, you know, jumping through. To yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's this whole notion that if you sort of like go through the loopholes you could say that uh, paying your taxes is sort of like un-American so. yeah there's even this thing of like sending a bill of ex- he hands in a bill of exchange instead which is supposedly money the government holds for you but like you sign away by getting your name printed in capitals on your birth cert or some shit it's crazy like Freemasons bizarro world <laughs> shit going on here it's the fucking tax illuminati I just yeah. find it like uh, somewhat amusing just trying to imagine Wesley Snipes in jail you know, like if you're gonna have, like, he's gonna have like his own real life undisputed. <laughs> but he hasn't paid taxes since 1998. Yeah, he owes a lot of money. Yeah. Fuck. But when he gets out, maybe him and Spike Lee can do that James Brown movie. That's right. That's right. Meanwhile, Nicolas Cage is like, Haha, better you than me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here's my bit of news. Uh, is it Breck, Breck Eisner or Brock Eisner? Breck Eisner. Breck Eisner, director of Sahara mm-hmm. and The Crazies. There it is again, uh, Sahara. He's in charge work. of doing the remake of Escape from New York, uh-huh. and he is thinking about using Timothy Oliphant mm. as Snake Plissken. I can't see him as any one of the hitmen now. Nah, I can't. I, I, it's, I like Timothy, T- Timothy Oliphant. I just don't want to see a remake. Uh, but if you were going to do a remake, I mean, based—I mean, if you were to, based on his character, sort of Deadwood and all that, he could do. You could kind of. Pull, he I could mean, pull it off. I, I, I don't know. I just—I have trouble seeing it. I have well, trouble seeing it. I, I mean, the problem—the the problem with remaking a movie like that is not so much actually the movie itself; it's remaking that character. Right. You right, know right, what right. I mean? It's like you can't remake Kurt fucking Russell. You can't. It's it, you can remake Escape from New York. You cannot remake Snake Plissken. Yeah. That, that's the problem that I have with that with that movie. You know, it's like similar to uh, right because Kurt Russell put such a mark on that character, you can't really imagine another actor to jump in. Exactly. Exactly. It's like if they were to remake Rocky. 
You can't do who who do you can remake the the story, but yeah, yeah. you cannot remake what Rocky. Stallone did with that character. No. You know, it's just you know maybe if Milo Ventimiglia, like in thirty years, maybe he can do it or something because he's got the same fucked up. Yeah, 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 he yeah. played Rocky Junior in Rocky yeah. Balboa. <laughs> Once I noticed that halfway through the first episode of Heroes, all I could do was just stare at that side. Of his face. <laughs> You know, but by the time Milo is old enough to do it, he would have played a rapist and child molester so many times. <laughs> no one's going to trust him in that fucking role. The rapist. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- that's my problem with it. It's just like I don't want to see anyone as Snake Plissken. No, you can t- take the basic storyline of Escape from New York. I mean, f- fuck, Neil Marshall did it with Doomsday. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like you can take that storyline. <laughs> You can take that storyline, remake that storyline, but leave Snake Plissken alone. Yeah. It's like if you remake Casablanca. There's nothing really wrong with remaking the story. It's just that don't fucking put someone else in Humphrey Bogart's shoes. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's like that. That's the problem with remakes. You can't remake a classic. It's a classic, one of a kind. But right. there's classic movies and there's classic there's classic uh, interpretations of classic characters in classic movies. Yeah. As far as pop culture is concerned, you know, we're not talking Citizen Kane here. But as far as pop culture is concerned, Snake Plissken is like he's, he's Citizen Kane. Yes. <laughs> right. And and Timothy Oliphant just doesn't do it. I mean, I, I like that idea better than the original choice, which was Gerard Butler, right? Oh God! Uh, you know, your your, <laughs> your rules are really beginning to annoy me with a Scottish accent. <laughs> uh, but speaking of uh, speaking of uh, directors that uh, have had a patchy fucking track record, M Night Shyamalan. Have you heard about he's shopping his new script around? Yeah, so this is the one that, like, you know, on pain of death if you actually leak it out, right? Well, this is basically how it is with all of his uh, scripts, is that he, you know, like, he, he watches you as you read it. Yeah. And, he, and then when you're done with it, he takes it away. I mean, like, they, he, he uh, sent himself up on an episode of Entourage. Did you see this episode? No. Um, Ari Gold had to meet him in a fucking graveyard <laughs> so he could give him his script. <laughs> and he's all, like, like a, he's all, like, sort of hunching around with the script. It's like, here. It's like, read it now, I'll wait. You know, he's all fucking freaky about it. He, like, he, he's, when, he, when he's, he has to miss a, mati- miss a, miss a meeting with Vincent Chase, uh-huh. he's like, I gotta get the script from M. Night Shyamalan. He's like, well, get the script and then come meet us. We can't. I have to read it there and then. M. Night's like, that's the way he works. And it's nice that he sends himself up like that. Yeah. But, but I don't know, after his last couple of movies, I don't know how many more times he's gonna be allowed to go to the plate. Cause for me, it's, for me, it's before. after his last movie. It's The Happening. I didn't mind Lady in the Water. Didn't like Lady in the Water. Didn't like yeah. The Happening. Didn't like, what was the Mel Gibson one? Signs. Didn't like Signs. Signs. No. I think the, his first two movies... If you go to invade a thinking. planet that's made out of mostly water, you kind of should, like, I don't know, not be naked yes. if you're <laughs> deadly allergic yes, to water. Exactly. I mean, fucking hell, put on a raincoat, you yeah. stupid Essentially, fuckers. his first two films are his best films, and he's kind of been going downhill. I haven't said that. Well, it's, we it's, actually, it's, actually, it's actually his second and third movie that are his best two movies. Oh, right, right, right. His he first two movie was a movie called Wide Awake. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, his first movie was some... I can't... Uh, it's like some was guy... The third going, the village? No, the, the village was the f- after the science. Oh. That was terrible, too. I really liked it up until the three-quarter way, Mark. Once the twist kicked in, it was like, fuck yeah, but you. you see that yeah. coming. I wanted, so I wanted to find a glass bubble and they're all in space on the back of a giant whale or something. Insane. <laughs> <Just, laughs> like, blow the fucking thing. What? Blow the doors right off that thing. But anyway, it's reported that uh, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong is um, shopping his new script around. Uh, nobody knows what the fuck it's about. They yeah. just know it's a mystery and that it has attracted Bruce Willis, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Bradley Cooper. And it's mm-hmm. not Unbreakable 2. No. No. But it's something. Uh, there was something said about. Uh, I think I cool had news that it was. It's about a guy looking for his kidnapped daughter and some. Obviously, the supernatural elements, but he's using supernatural elements to find her. Some shit like that. So I don't know. Okay. Right. 
Well, if Mary Elizabeth Winstead doesn't play the daughter, then I'm not in. Mm. <laughs> I'm They're all dead already. <laughs> Lucy McLean. They're already. You're already dead. It's not you're dead already. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying they're dead already. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of um, M Night hits, they're they're saying that um, Last Airbender the budget was something like two hundred and eighty million. Yeah. Holy shit! Something ridiculous like that. Who gave them the who who gave them the money after watching watching the happening? Going, this guy would be awesome for Avatar. I don't know, like because there was this whole thing on um, this uh, website called WorstPreviews.com, like talking about whether or not the movie can actually make its money back, no matter mm. how big of a hit it is, because its production budget was something like two hundred and eighty million. Fuck, that can't be right. I th- or maybe it's including marketing. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly, right. because they have been really pushing that movie. Uh-huh. I mean, like they've been they've they've released a shitload of images over the last couple of weeks. That does look kind of funky and cool. It looks yeah. awesome. I mean, the cartoon it's based on is great. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that's that's got to count for some of that money. But, but the cartoon, still. but the cartoon has a, uh, from what I can, I mean, I haven't seen all of it, but what I've seen, it's fairly light on its feet. And this and M Night's movie looks like it's taking itself pretty seriously. Uh, it depends. Uh, the, the cartoon, I think, the first season was a little bit. What, what happened? Kiddish. What I understand, the first season was really kiddish. Then they realized that the majority of the audience were adults. And then so the second and third season, they yeah. got darker. It's supposed to get darker. And you can see it. You can notice yeah. that they start mentioning things like death and kill a lot in the sort of second and third season, which you don't normally do in a kid's yeah, show. Normally you don't mention death and kill in a cartoon. Exactly. Lesson! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of lessons, Harry Potter is leaving school. And is going off to star in a remake of All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Okay. Are you familiar with this? I, I, I haven't seen the original movie. Uh, well, the, the 1920s one? The one that was made in 1930. But it did win Best Picture yeah. at that it's year. It was remade twice or something. Uh, it was remade as a, in the late 70s as a TV movie. Mm. Uh, but there are plans now to remake it. It's the story of a young German soldier named Paul Baumer and his experiences in the trenches of World War One. If done right, this could be awesome. Mm. I mean, because I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a good, solid war movie. There's, yeah. I mean, like, uh, HBO's been specializing in that lately, but haven't really seen, like, a hardcore, like, uh, sort of World War movie in, on the big screen. Have you seen any of this specific? Yeah. No. Some of that gets fucking harsh. There's, like, one episode where it's just their cake, they're covered in blood and mud for the whole fucking thing. It's right. just, like, they're trying rotting, to take this fucking valley. And they're rotting bodies just yeah. all around them. It, no, it's a very harsh miniseries. Very harsh. But, uh, I don't know, story-wise, I still think Band of Brothers is a much more powerful story mm. than Pacific. Well, it's like, you know, you get all these battles and shit, and then all of a sudden they spend a whole episode in Australia just kicking by the pool. I just right. find it weird that one of the leads in that, Joseph Mazzallo, is the kid from Jurassic Park. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a, turned into a really yeah. good actor. And he goes a bit psycho, and you're yeah, like... Yeah, really good actor. Don't do that, Timmy! <laughs> <laughs> Careful of the T-Rex! Don't go near that fence, it might be electrified! He was also um, in Radio Flyer with um, yeah. Elijah Wood, and I find it weird that, like, he's younger than Elijah Wood, but he looks way older than Elijah Wood now. Yeah, he looks older, but he still has that. He's still very much got his child's face on. Well, yeah, I mean that's the point of the character of the Pacific. He's yeah. the innocent who, yeah. over the course of the series, becomes quite dark. Well, I don't know if you heard. Uh, I saw Coco before Chanel. I haven't seen that. And um, his character name was Billy Brennan, wasn't it? Il- Alexandra Nivola. Yeah, Alexandra Nivola from Jurassic Park Three was in it, playing a suave, debonair gentleman. Just like, the fuck is this guy? Oh fuck, pterodactyls! See, I only know him from uh, Face, Off. Face Off. He played, what is it, uh, Casper? Uh, Pollux Troy. Pollux. And he was also um, the, um, the the prince in uh, Kenneth Branagh's musical version of Love's Labor's Lost. Oh, right. Yeah. Let's see, they're all still working. <laughs> what else you got? 
Uh, I got I watched a lot of trailers this week. Um, there's a trailer for The Social Network, which is David Fincher's Facebook movie. Mm-hmm. Very subtle, very clever little trailer. It just kind of pixelates a picture until it comes down from pixels to be an actual picture of Jesse Eisenberg's face. Mm-hmm. But it is just dialogue. And even just the dialogue is quite compelling. It's good. Yeah, it's very compelling. It's all very, you know... It's got a great tagline. Uh, what is it? You don't make 500 million friends without I mean, making a few enemies. enemies. Yeah, um, But it does... Get, I mean, it gives you a tone of where they're going with it. They have, like, the, you know, there's a lot of kind of excited talk at the beginning about, you know, the gang's shit out there and people will use it and then near the end it's all like your best friend is fucking suing you and all this stuff, yeah. stuff. So, and it's David Fincher so yeah. it's so, gotta be worth a watch yeah worth a watch uh, the other one I caught was The Other Guys mm-hmm. uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell staring as like it introduces first of all like two most badass cops in town who are Simon L. Jackson and The Rock yeah yeah I like you know they're like driving into a bus instead of going all, they're just sitting in the, in the bus at the window and I was like I have to catch a bus my boy <laughs> and then Mark Wahlberg looks like he's coming out of a serious cop movie. Like, you know, he's with the leather jacket with the hoodie thing on. And then Will Ferrell looks like he's playing a goofball comedy, completely different, separate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It looks like they, they, they get this kind of uh, competition between the two of them to get to the crimes quicker. Only they're like, you know, the other guys drive like a badass fucking Mustang or something like that. And they're mm-hmm. in a Prius or something driving around the city. It does look funny. And some of the funniest bits look like Eva Mendez because she's just looking incredibly hot. And she's married to Will Ferrell. And Mark Wahlberg just can't understand that yeah apparently that's one of the storylines for the movie that all these hot women are just completely like fall for Will Ferrell really completely oblivious and Mark Wahlberg is just like what's going on <laughs> like you know they'll be talking up a suspect who's like a stripper or something and she'll be coming on to Will Ferrell and ignoring Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is this uh, done by the, by the same is this done by Will Ferrell's usual bunch of cohorts is it Adam McKay I'm not sure I already saw the, the trailer I recently tried watching Talladega Nights I couldn't finish it I love Talladega Nights I, I fucking hate that movie <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. Shake and bake. <laughs> Shake and bake. It's so annoying. I love that movie. It's so fucking annoying. Help me, Tom Cruise. The only good thing about it, actually, is like I switched over to the commentary. The commentary is funny. Yeah. Because it's like, I think that Adam McKay, the director, and this other, one of the actors in it, um, talking about it like it's the most important movie ever made. <laughs> and they're talking about how, like, they sacrifice their family, their their wives, you know, you know, because to make this movie, because... It was that important. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, God, horrible films. Ricky Bobby. Adam McKay is in close talks to... Uh, direct the Boys. Direct the Boys. You read that recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good? It's excellent. Uh, it's by Garth Dennis and Derek Robertson. Yeah. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, that's a... <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't heard of the Boys, it's, uh, they're what? They're like the guys who keep the superheroes in check. Yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. so a Garth Ennis... And if and you've ever read... superheroes are completely fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they're, they're all totally fucked up. fucked up. And they are basically sort of a black ops team who watches the superheroes and uses anything from violence to blackmail to keep them under control. It's a brilliant comic written yeah. by Garth Ennis. It's just perfect for it because he hates superheroes. Yeah. He loves comics, hates superheroes, and that comes through in, in the writing. Very much so. Like, all the superheroes are just fucking pedophile assholes. <laughs> and they do this... They're, they're the, gay. There's actually <laughs> a great spin-off miniseries they did off the ball boys called Herogasm. Have you heard about it? No. Okay, you know how in superhero comics there's always that big thing where all the heroes get together to take care of some cosmic threats? Yeah. The big crossover kind of stuff. Basically, in the world of the boys, they say that um, whenever this happens, it's really an excuse for a holiday. Uh. <laughs> All the heroes gather together and say, "We are being attacked by you know Martians from planet Zerg. We will go off and fight the." You know, fight them and defend the planet. All the people cheer. They fly off and they go to this island somewhere and they have like 
raunchy, terrible, uh, nasty <laughs> sex with prostitutes and drugs and everything. And basically, it's their annual vacation, uh, and it's called Hero Gasm. It's, it's insane. It's an insane comic book. But I don't know if Adam McKay is the right guy to direct it because he can do goofy, crazy comedy, but there's a sort of dark yeah, this, center. There's a very the dark board. edge. But then again, the pro- this, this is another problem. It's, it's, it's Vertigo, isn't it? Uh, no, it's Wildstorm, actually. Oh, it's Wildstorm. It was okay. published... No, no, it actually, it was Wildstorm, which is owned by DC. Yeah. But DC was so freaked out by the nature of it, <laughs> they actually stopped it, and another company called Dynamite picked it up. That's right, that's right. Well, thank God, because right. I was concerned... Because the thing I've no- noticed, like, the, pa- the pattern with uh, all of the DC Vertigo titles is that they cannot... They just have to... They have to tame it down. Mm. You know, that, it's like with the Losers, with uh, Hellblazer... With all of the Vertigo adaptations, it's like they will, they'll take it to a certain extent, but then they'll, they, they always sort of like pull back when it mm-hmm. comes to going really dark with it, which is a bit of a shame. And, like, uh, and if, with, with, Adam McKay direct, with, with Adam McKay directing it, you kind of get the impression that it's not, you know, it's it, it is kind of scary. Yeah. Like when you read the book and you don't associate it with like the tone of Talladega Nights. Right. <laughs> and speaking of toning down, the other trailer that came out was Red, yeah. based on a three-issue Warren Ellis miniseries, which is, again... Very dark, very twisted. It's a very dark espionage story. But it looks frothy. Based on the trailer, it looks like they're doing sort of the Ocean's Eleven version yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. But, but it looks like it works. Yes, yeah. but you've got Helen Mirren with a machine gun. And yes, and killing a guy with a purse. That's yeah. just okay with me, man. <laughs> you got more, I'm Morgan Freeman ogling with woman's ass, like a little bit to the left. Uh, that's, uh, that's just <laughs> and, and Don Malkovich being absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's like you know they dosed him with LSD every day for fifteen years. It looks all right for that. <laughs> yeah, so it's got Bruce. He's got, he's got the bomb on his chest and he's running after the guy <laughs> he wants to blow up. Yeah, no, it's a great trailer. It looks like he's got a great cast: Bruce Willis, John Malkovich. Uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, and Richard Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus, Richard, and uh, Carl Urban, Carl Urban, yeah, yeah. Carl Urban's in it as well. And, uh, yeah, you think they get the fight scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take that granddad. The chick from Weeds, Mary Louise, Mary Louise Parker. Parker. Yeah. I so love her. It's a yeah, I love her too. I love Great her. cast. Uh, I don't know uh, if they can pull it off. It's going to be good. Well, it's directed by the guy who directed The Time Traveler's Wife. Mm. Have you seen that? Anyone seen that? No. no. Me neither. <laughs> None of us would admit it if we did see it anyway. I would admit it. Shit. I, I, would admit, I would admit that shit. Nah. I haven't seen it, though. No, I haven't seen it. Probably sucks. <laughs> uh, did you hear the news? The Sparing Brothers were talking about the power of the Dark Crystal in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize. Did we talk about them directing it before? Yes, we did. Really? No, we I didn't remember that. But uh, they said that they have got Brian Fruit on board, and they will be making Australia. Um, Who's Brian Fruit? He's the guy who created all the artwork for the original Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. It's cool. And... Um, People were getting worried they were talking about motion capture being used, but apparently one of the characters is fired. It will be as much physical stuff as possible. So I think that's going to be like they're doing like two years prep and then a year making the movie. So are they going to have actual puppets? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. That's one of those movies that's like, I don't really want to see a sequel, but I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Has anyone seen it recently? Does it hold up? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it holds, holds up. It's it, awesome. It, it really it holds yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It holds okay. up. It's awesome. Labyrinth, however, is a piece. Fuck doesn't, your, doesn't shut your up. filthy whore mouth. Lab, Labyrinth doesn't hold up at all. Yes, it does. Those, just... those fucking pop songs <laughs> in the underground. <laughs> you remind me of the babe. What babe? Genius. We've had this discussion before. I just want to remember Labyrinth as you're fucking dead inside. Jennifer Connelly and Cool Toys. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie as the Goblin King. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Oh, one more trailer I saw. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, the Tillman story? No. The documentary. It's a really cool story. I mean, I read about it when it came out on CNN and stuff. Um, Patrick Tillman was an NFL football player. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, he had all set. Did he have a crisis of confidence? 
No, no, he had a multi-million dollar contract. What happened is 9-11 happened. Uh-huh. And then he basically stopped uh, his contract. To and fight terrorism. Yeah, and joined the army. <laughs> so, you know, he gave up basically the multi-millionaire life, joined the army, went to Afghanistan, and then died. He was killed. Oh. And then what happened was uh, uh, the story came out that... You know, he led his men. He was, uh, you know, ambushed by the Taliban. He led his men, saved his men, and sacrificed his life. I mean, it was, you know, this huge. They turned him into this huge hero. Mm. What they didn't count on was the fact that all of that was bullshit. None mm. of that was true. He was actually killed by friendly fire. Oh fuck! But uh, what happened was they didn't count on the Tillman family, who were not willing to accept the company line on what happened. Mm. So this documentary is basically their journey to find the truth about what actually happened to their son. And, you know, it's pretty interesting because they could have just accepted the fact that he's a hero, yeah. gotten the medals and the accolades and, you know, left it at that, but they were just so concerned with the truth that they went after the government to find out what actually happened. So it's a documentary, uh, and it looks really good. Speaking of documentaries, uh, this is a trailer for um, Journey of the Child Man, which is the Mighty Boosh on tour. This is not a tour video. You know, this is the trailer is all in black and white. Uh-huh. And there's very little of them on stage, just like they're standing in the wilderness screaming and stuff. <laughs> oh God! What's his name? Uh, no feelings, painting shit, <laughs> weird stuff. Or has the only dialogue in it is they have uh, the guy who runs the Zooniverse like screaming at the camera. You tell the shit I go through. <laughs> I don't know. For me, Mighty Boosh isn't even funny. It's just so insane. It's is that funny because it's insane. Is that the one with the the sea lion who kills people who killed his parents or something like that? No, that's the arc. It's the Mr. Hell show. Different. Yeah. Late night show. Mighty Bush is the one with the talking moon. Right. <laughs> and the crack fox. And old Greg. Oh, Greg. I've got a mangina. Want some babies? Too weird. <laughs> it's deliciously weird. You should watch that shit, man. But is the, uh, the trailer for the documentary looks cool? It looks cool, yeah. But, it, uh, but it's know, not a comedy. That one, I mean, what's that one with the, the air did one, like eating, sleeping, traveling, something like that. It was like a load of different ones. And that was very much like, you know war as hell kind of thing if you're on your own tour and this looks a bit like that as well so it's so basically like all these meltdowns backstage and stuff like that yeah. sweet nice I like it when rich people snap <laughs> <laughs> they're not that rich <laughs> they're doing alright <laughs> you see as well uh, last week was E3 in the US which was like a big video game thing but they had um, bits and pieces for movie stuff as well they had some of the merchandise they're going to have for Tron uh huh yeah uh, one of which is going to be driving family and parents nuts up and down the, all over the world. How's the that? Tron light cycle bike that goes up walls. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Did you see this? <laughs> no. It's got a Hoover in it. It's basically a Roomba. <laughs> so like, it's like, and it goes up and down the wall. And it shows it going on the wall, and it's just like. <laughs> <coughs> so it's like the horns from the World Cup. <laughs> exactly. You can now have it on your wall. How does that not drive you insane? For those of you watching the World Cup, how do you? How are you guys not deaf? Yeah. How are you not deaf? Like, you know, how do you even hear the fucking commentators? Apparently, quite easy with, with, modern, with modern TVs. You can just uh, turn it down. There's a, there's a filter on new TVs. You can just click it, and it'll go away. Oh, not bad. <clears throat> but yeah, this looks retarded. This toy. Um, it is the bike and stuff. Apparently, the, the, the light comes out the back, and uh, if you have two of them and they cross, the one that hits the light. Will so it's like a radio. Off. It's like a remote, remote control, control. thing. Not that big. But the noise it makes is ridiculous. I have to fix that. Shit. And, it's, and it goes up walls. Yeah. But does it make the noise? That's it's a Hoover. It go, you, you put it on the wall, but it sucks to the wall. Does it make the noise like the light cycle in the movie? Or? I don't know. You can't hear it over the Hoover. Ah. <laughs> but the other thing they did have, which was very cool, was uh, a line of PC stuff and uh, Xbox controllers and stuff that just light up blue. They had like the little strips on them. You think they're going to sell glow those, those, the glow in the dark Tron Frisbees? Hopefully. <laughs> That'll be awesome. 
<laughs> You're gonna break so many fucking windows because <laughs> uh, so many heads. Those things, batteries and shit, to light that crap up. That would be oh, fucking yeah. heavy. <laughs> I can't wait for that movie. Yeah, it Tron. What is it called? Tron. It's like, hey, mom, think fast. Frisbee it back at your face. Yeah. Well, I think it was also at E3 they released the trailer for Marvel vs. Capcom. Yes, they did. That looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's that's that, that sort of it looks like comic book drawings come to life. Yeah. Than Have any of you guys played the Punisher game? Yes, the Garth Ennis like one. Like the, the fucking hardcore violence. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's like you know that's you can trigger special moves to like get information out of people by putting their hands in blenders yeah, or putting their head in the vice. It's not like that great though. You d- no, no, it's a great game. Is it? It's a great game. It's one of the best written computer games I've ever played because it's written by Garth Ennis and uh, Thomas Jane voice work. Brilliant. Brilliant. He ducks this like punk's head into a pool full, full of uh, piranhas <laughs> and it just like explodes in the fucking <laughs> oh, It's a great game. It's a great game. Actually, if you're interested, you can YouTube um, The Punisher Uncensored and it has all of the all of the bloodiest kills just like edited together. Nice. And when you listen to Thomas Jane's dialogue, just listening to the kills, it sounds horrible. It just it sounds like a bat like Punisher done Batman and Robin style with the dialogue. It's like, oh, so if you now. Does it have the war does it have the war zone kills? Huh? No. The punching guy in the face. No, no, no. Through the face. Sorry. In what? In Punisher Warzone. Like Ray, what's his name? Ray, Ray, Ray Stevenson. Stevenson. Ray Stevenson punches a hole in a in a man's face with his fist. <laughs> with his oh, fist. Was, trailer, wasn't it? was it in the trailer? I don't think that was in the trailer. No, I don't, I don't think you can show that in the trailer, man. You see the fist go through the dude's fucking face. Mine, maybe one of the trailers. Before I saw that. Well, I still have that movie there. I haven't watched it. I can't bring myself to watch it. You're not missing much. Yeah, <laughs> you're not missing much it's not very good. I think Ray Stevenson will do a much better job in Thor. What's his character's name again? That big... The Warriors Volstag. Dream? Yeah, Volstag. There's like a huge Volstag community online. People just love that motherfucker. <laughs> huge everything community online. Uh, oh, did you see the other news about Robin Pattinson is supposedly related to Dracula? You know what? I saw the heading for that. I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time yeah, reading yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably... He's probably oh, fuck, I don't give a shit who his relatives are. Maybe if we get a big enough magnifying glass, we can burn that fucker up. I hate also, his relatives. Hate They're responsible for him. And the last bit of news I got is that apparently now that Guillermo del Toro has left The Hobbit, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson is in talks to direct Yeah, himself. but this is yeah. just... Yeah. We, we talked about this last week. Oh, you did? The story's ongoing. There's fucking nothing there. It's like he's, he's located close to where the offices are. That's no, primarily it at right. the moment. That's gone, why he's the front runner. It's gone. It's gone to a point now where it's like, just let it die. Yeah. Let it fucking die. If, it, if it's taken this long, the gods are trying to tell you something, man. And the main problem is again, it's MGM because yeah, that company's fucked. in trouble. So a lot of movies I'm looking forward to aren't coming out. Like Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Can't release we that. mentioned that last week. It's no just new like, James they Bond. don't have any money to market it. It's already in the can. That'll suck though. They can't do a new James Bond because I mean, I really like Daniel Craig as Bond. Right? Yeah. Like, you could get a good, you know, good five movies out of him, but they keep dragging their feet. Probably you get one more, and then you're gonna have to reboot. Thank the God for Thor, man. Otherwise, Chris Hemsworth, all all of his star possible star making performances won't be released. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's in Red Dawn, and what's the other one that's uh, we mentioned? Cabin in the week? Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's the Josh Whedon one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is awesome. that also MGM? Yep. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. also not releasing. And there's yeah. two movies that uh, Sam Worthington did, but he should be all right because he's in fucking everything. Yes. God, although God knows why. Yeah. Well, apparently now he's producing as well because he's going to bring his own vision to the screen. Fuck. Rather than just be an actor in other people's vision. So what? It's like, can you get like a Brian Brown cameo or like, is Paul Hogan going to turn up? What the fuck? His, his vision. <laughs> the 
Sam Worthington's Wait, vision. What about? Don't joke about that. Man's a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> he is a national treasure. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Paul Hogan. Woman lost a child and made a female funny. Dingo's got my baby. <laughs> that was an excerpt from Tropic Thunder for yeah. those of you who don't know. Crocodile Nandai, mate. <laughs> Uh, should we move on to reviews? All right, go for it. Hot tub time machine? Uh, I'll see Night and Day. All right. Night and Day. I have not seen this movie, but you guys have. Let me ask you this, though. You saw it for free, right? Yeah. Okay, if you had to pay money for it, would you feel differently? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) 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 To the point, we're done. Okay. I'd be like, fuck, I paid money for this shit? It's not bad. It's not not bad as confused. Yeah, if you are a discerning moviegoer, the one question you'll constantly be asking yourself while watching this is why? What? What? Why? And how? And and what? (laughs) Just what? 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 Wait. Hang on. Uh, What? What? Okay. (laughs) From what I understand, the basic story is Tom Cruise is a super spy. Tom Cruise is Ray Miller. And he. Roy. Roy Miller. Whatever the fuck. For some reason, Cameron Diaz gets dragged into his spy. He uses her as a mule to get past security, and then he drags her into their their spy thing. Is there a spark there? there, Is he just uh, dragging her along? You're safe with. With me, then if you're on your own. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't drag her into it. I mean, like he basically. Yeah, you're right. He uses her to get something passed through uh, through through customs and all that shit. But um, it's he's being watched by other people. Yeah. And um, and they see that there's some sort of exchange that goes on between Tom Cruise and, and Cameron Diaz, and they get her on the plane with him. She, he actually instead of picking her up in Wichita, which actually no, we mentioned that it was the original script because they start meeting Wichita. Yeah. Um, instead of just picking her up, whatever on the next flight, whatever they put her on the same flight where all. The passengers on the flight are spies. Okay. And they're all there to kill Tom Cruise. Yeah. Which begs the question, it's like, that means they already knew he was going to be on the flight. Blow so up the plane. Just blow up the plane. Why send like two, like ten guys to kill a guy right. who's supposed so to be So what's good, what's bad? Well, hang on. So they, they, they just go around doing action scenes and there's a whole plot develops and this kid get the kid from... Um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine and There Will Be Blood. There Will Paul, Be Blood. Paul Dano. Up, Paul Dano pops up. And... Um, there's, I mean, there's something resembling a plot, but you can, you can never quite... Something, there's something about a battery... You know, I mean, uh, it's a MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. That 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 means absolutely fuck all. <laughs> At the moment that you know they they say it gets warm, you know what's going to happen later. Yeah, yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty obvious. obvious. I mean, you can start. see everything coming sort of a, a mile away. Pretty so much. is it? So, so it is very much a mix match, a mismatch. You're watching it, and again, I saw this. Uh, I mentioned earlier. I saw this um, interview with James Mangold earlier, and he was saying that the first 15 minutes they wanted to have this. Um, he didn't want to have a feeling that the movie was so storyboard and everything. So he wanted the first 15 minutes to be this kind of like crazy because that's when people make it, make, make the decision on the movie. But I was like, where, what is, is this an action? Is it, it, what's the tone? Is it comedy? Is it screwball comedy? Is it action? Is it, you know... Because there are parts of it that, that take itself very seriously yeah. and then there are other parts of it that don't take itself seriously at all. Like Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's, I mean, just, he's just good I mean, around. I mean, Tom Cruise is essentially playing Ethan Hunt with a sense of humor. Yeah. Pretty much. Cameron Diaz is playing her fucking Charlie's Angels character with with small little with small with less kung fu with small little elements of something about Mary and you know yeah. and, and uh, fucking the sweetest thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you just half halfway through the movie, you just start saying, well, if they push that element a little more, it could have been awesome. Or when we were talking after, yeah, that's it. I mean, they flirt with uh, going in very interesting directions, yeah. but then never actually go down. So essentially, it's a mess. It's. All over yeah. the place. It's it's kind of a mess. I mean, it it's it also it's one of those bizarre experiences when you're watching it, you're never bored. You know, it's not a boring movie. No. It's just sort of like what the fuck's going on? The action set pieces aren't like well. Yeah. And then the comedy doesn't pop. And and there's some like uh, and some of the plot devices are incredibly uh 
so, uh, you know, like very convenient. Right. And 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 uh, okay, like there's this whole thing where Cameron Diaz ke- keeps passing out because she's too much fucking. Right. I, actually, I read a review about that. I think it was on Annie Cool where they said that, that, that she passes it more than Harry fucking right. Potter. That was disappointing because every time you're getting to sort of a really cool action scene, you're looking forward to yeah. because it's her POV. Yeah, he knocks her out. She gets knocked out. You, then it cuts to later, and yeah. you don't see any of the cool action. Yeah, yeah. She, she just, she just wakes up, and Tom Cruise is hanging upside down, and Shane says. Don't worry, everything's under control. I'll and then she passes out again. And then she passes out again. Then she wakes up, and Tom Cruise is beating someone up. Right. And then, like, she passes out again. And then they're on a, they're on a speedboat. And Tom Cruise is like, "We're we're almost there." And then she passes out again. Next thing you know, she's on an island. Right. You know. But all of that because that would be that's that's the you gotta have a like, it is a montage, but it's the wrong type of montage. That's your world travel spy part. Yeah, that's I the bond bit where you see them get on the plane. I mean, the first time they do it, it's mildly amusing. You think, oh, all right then. And, but then they do it over and over and over again. And what they don't realize is that every time they do that. They are taking the. They are robbing the audience of the sequences that they want to see. Right. Yeah. You know. So it's like, and all of these, and and then in between all of this, you have the is is you know is like, do I like you or do I not like you type of scenes. Yeah. You know, it's like, what what you know, like, what have you done? Why why am I here? What, what am I wearing? You know, that 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 type of scenes. You know, whereas all of the really cool sort of action bits and all of that other stuff that you would that you would want to see if you were going to see this type of movie. Yeah. Right. That's all sort so of. Is it so bad? It's good, or is it just mediocre? Just mediocre. It's just mediocre. That's just it. It's just completely underwhelming. Yeah. It's not necessarily. It's not horrible. You know. It's Which not, is actually more charming if it would be. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it was a. If it was two other actors again, uh, this interview said that it was originally supposed to be um, Chris Tucker and Eva Mendes. That would have worked. That would have worked. That would have worked. I could have seen that. <laughs> and throughout, you're thinking this could. They, uh, some of the reviews are talking about it in a kind of a Cary Grant kind of style. That could have that kind of screwball comedy. They could have if I pushed that element a bit more, or got two actors who. I didn't have that much baggage for them. I'm, I'm willing to take them on board, but they didn't settle on the characters. Right. You know what I mean? Like Cameron Diaz is just whiny, and yeah. Tom Cruise is just crazy, it's crazy agent. That's well, it. I mean, There's not what, much else. From what I understand, the, the the script was just all over the yeah. place. You've got like, and five. you got that confirmed as well. That it went through so many rewrites yeah. that the Writers Guild couldn't decide who to give credits to. They just gave it to the guy who got there first. And because this, it is, it does look like that. It does get very confused the parts. Like you right. know, you're like watching. Is this the same movie? There is two awesome moments though. Yes, it, it, they are. I don't get YouTube. They are. I don't know if that. The second one, the first one's just funny. Yeah, the first one was just really really funny. Just the line that comes out of nowhere and just cracks. It's it's Paul Dano's line. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it to you. And it's it's kick ass. And there's one other bit like uh, towards like three quarters through the movie where Tom Cruise just does. Cameron Diaz says something to Tom Cruise and he, the way he reacts to it that scene was one of the funniest where she's actually yeah. been given like truth serum and she's just stoned wandering around yeah. and, and he's and, like and being she, all and she realizes that just, like, while she's on this truth serum that she actually wants to fuck Tom Cruise and all of this gun, gun, gun fighting is just making her really horny and yeah. so like you're in the middle of that I was thinking there's a movie to be made about that <laughs> like a stalker who goes after a secret agent and can track him down when no government can that'd be kind of funny <laughs> that'd be kind of cool and just getting into these scrapes and getting hot and it's like oh can I change your mag but, the biggest, but, the, but another problem with this movie is that when you're watching it you kind of get the impression that they didn't set out to make a movie they set out to make a, a vehicle. vehicle for these two actors and they forgot the wheels and they forgot yeah exactly that, that, that's the best way to put it but the, so much of this movie's appeal is riding on these two on yeah. these two actors that if you have any kind of issues with these two actors the whole movie dies do they have any them. chemistry at all? um Honestly, they're not really given much of a... here and here. I mean, like, they... Okay, I'm not... 
this is how I put it. I'm not so sure they have good chemistry, but they work well together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like there is sort of a, a nice sort of sense of professionalism between these two that they're having fun with each other. Yeah. But is there sort of like hot-blooded sexual chemistry between them? Nah. No. Nah, not really. And if you do not like Tom Cruise or Cameron Diaz, this movie, stay away. Right. Because these two guys are not... They are not going. They are not going out of the comfort zone at all. They are playing very, very firmly what they think people want to see yeah. them do. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're, it's to that point, to that level that this may actually fuck MI4 because it literally is riding on yeah. liking Tom Cruise. It's not like awesome movie, awesome action movie set pieces with Tom Cruise. Well, they're saying or, that that's or funny comedy with stuff in it with Tom Cruise, and it's literally you're going to see Tom Cruise, and that may now put um, MI4 at risk because the, yeah. you know, the execs are watching this very, very. Carefully, yeah, and uh, from what I understand, it's not doing too well. Yeah. In the week, it's the opening weekend. No, no, no. It's I think it's number three. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Toy Story, Toy Story, and Grown Ups. And Grown Ups did better than. Yeah, than and Grown Ups is like seven percent rotten on uh, rotten tomato on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, like, if you can't beat that, you're yeah. in trouble. Right. <laughs> I mean, and Grown Ups is the usual sort of Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler low shit. budget yeah. comedy. I keep referring to that thing and that thing because. Um, that apparently was Tom Cruise's writing. He was very creative on the set, and that is just fucking retarded. For joke. those of you who can't see the podcast, I'm Ian waving my hand here, waving his here. hand in a higher level and then lower level. If you uh, and it just it's out of character for what he's doing and everything. It just seems retarded, yeah. and they homage it, they reference it later on with her. She doesn't. I'm just like fuck you. <laughs> when it comes to the end, there's a little bit of a, a turnabout where the shit he's been doing to her, she does to him, and there's some lines repeated and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you fucking cocks. So it's just white. Don't watch it in the cinemas. No. It's a rental. It's a rental. It's a rental. It's a rental. If that. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not gonna add anything to your day no. at all. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise is at that point now. He's gonna have to start transitioning to the character roles, much yeah. like Harrison Ford is doing. Yeah. Although Harrison Ford took way too long to realize that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if they're paying you twenty million dollars a yeah. movie, <laughs> I, I sure I. Wanna. I'm not saying I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just saying he could have done us. He could have done us all a big favor. Yeah. I'm saying he should have killed. Him. So yeah, not a good one. Nah, not really. Alright. Moving on to Hot Tub Time hot Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine, which I have seen, Ian has seen, and Gavin, I have not seen Gavin it. has not seen. Yeah. Alright, uh, this is uh, uh, one of the, I think it's John Cusack's production company yeah. people. They, they did Gross Point Blank and all these kinds of movies. He's looking weird. He's looking weird. I think he's turning into his sister. <laughs> he's starting there. You know, she has a weird way of talking yeah, like her yeah, tongue yeah. is way too big for a man. Right, yeah, yeah. He starts doing that. And this, he didn't do that in Gross Point Blank. I don't well, know. I think he's just swimming I everywhere. think John Cusack's just getting old. He, yeah. He's getting to that point now. He can't... He looks, like, he looks like he's made out of leather. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's moved past the Lloyd Dobler here. Yes. You know? yeah. But uh, I thought, uh, I mean... You know, so this is I, four guys. One of them gets into a bit of trouble, so they go on a weekend to recapture to, the last thing. Kodiak Valley. Yes, recapture the youth, the place they went to when they were teenagers, when yeah. they were 16, 17. When they go there, it's a dump. Yeah. All four it's of them. It's like the Overlook Hotel. Yes. They would reference that. It's like, shit, man, it's going to get snowed in. and like, oh. he, We're going to kill him. <laughs> Probably the most unbelievable part of the movie is all four guys get into a hot tub. Because yeah. I guess that's what you do. And then the hot tub is a time, time machine. machine. Well, the, was it... It's not Chernobyl. Chernobyl? Yeah, they had... Yeah, Chernobyl is his energy drink. Yes, it's a mind. Russian energy drink mixed with a hot tub, creates a time machine, and they go back in time to that the last... Winterfest 86. The last time with they poison. were there. And not only that, they're inside the bodies when they were young. Right. So the, 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 the guy... So does that mean that they, the uh, John Cusack and Craig Ferguson and all these guys, they don't... No, not Craig Ferguson. Is, is what, that his Roy, name? Roy Cork? Uh, is that they don't actually... Um, 
They're not actually in the movie all that much. No, they no, are. No, no, they are. Because you see them that they see each it's, other it's, as the, they're I see, I see, I see. It's, it's I see, a quantum leap thing where you right. look in the mirror and you see your your younger self. Right. Um, it, so the the main four. Oh, that's are, pretty funny. <laughs> Rob Corddry steals this movie. I mean, he's yes, like he kicking is. a piss, and then he looks in the mirror and he just turns to face the mirror and just doesn't stop taking a piss. He just pisses all over. Yeah. So no, uh, for me, the two uh, the, the, the four actors are John Cusack, who's pretty much the straight man. Rob Corddry, who uh, was from The Daily Show. The Violator. Playing The Violator, who's the drunk, uh, possibly suicidal friend. Yeah. You've got Craig Robinson. Craig uh, Robinson. Craig Service is the guy who was that. Yes. Yeah, Craig yeah, Robinson, who is Daryl from the U.S. version of The Office, playing this sort of guy who wanted to be a musician, but he's given up his life, and his wife is cheating on him, so he's quite miserable. He's also in Zack and Miri. Yeah. yeah. And then some guy who plays John Cusack's nephew. Yeah, Clark uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a funny movie. It's not the best comedy you'll ever see. No, they have. There is a nice line in people talking over each other or just conversations, like when you're fucking hanging out with your mates, taking yeah. a random turn. It's like they're explaining this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Craig Robinson is like, because like, back in the day they were wild men, and like you know, what's his name? Uh, John Cusack has a suitcase full of drugs. Yeah, and so you know. Uh, to calm himself down Craig Robinson is just like you know you see him in the background he's playing with this coke and whatever and they're just they're talking about time travel and all this kind of shit and like well, how they can just break things and all this kind of stuff and he just jumps up Nick's in the trailer and he's just got his face covered in coke and it's like oh my god it's like the Terminator where he sends him back to save himself but if he doesn't save him his mother then he's never born and oh my fucking god and they're like totally right you know, there were, some of the reactions yeah, yeah. are like when one of your inmates yeah. says something fucking stupid yeah, the, the, and you the go... the sort of dialogue between them is really good. Yeah. And or like they're in the middle of discussing it and they go like, it's like, you know, we have to be careful. It's like the butterfly effect and like, you know, of course, great movie. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it is a great movie. But yeah, it's just and like... They, oh. Yeah, the, the, the way that they accept their reality is really quite fun because usually in these movies you've got that 20 minutes where it's sort of this can't be happening. This one, they accept it pretty damn fast. That, yeah. Okay, well, they did get to ski for a bit first. Yeah. And yeah. then, the, again, that was... They, I thought the weird shifts in that, you know, yeah, they're, they're all skiing. First of all, you think of like, oh, these guys are going to be fucked, but then you realize that this is what they used to do. They can't all ski. Yeah. But then there's that like death-defying fall for no reason. Yeah, no, there are odd bits in the movie which yeah. don't really seem to fit. But the movie has really great cameos. Yeah, it's got a Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover being Crispin Glover. Uh, he's this brilliant. fucking surly bellhop. Like when you see him, he's got one arm. He's dragging the fucking ba- what you call it carousel thing for the bags, mm-hmm. and shit keeps falling off. Because he's only got one arm. But yeah. then he gets pissed off when anybody tries and to. Jacob, help him. Jacob picks it up and puts it on. It's my job. Like, don't make me fucking tell you again. <laughs> And then when he, when they and go, uh, this is a, that's his introduction. And then and then when it comes back to the eighties, he's go, got both arms. He's got both arms, and he's like sort of the ladies' man, all fun and happy. And one of the gags in the movie is: at which point is he going to lose his arm? Because Rob Corddry keeps seeing it and like seeing something happen. It's like the chainsaw goes in the air, and everyone else is like, <gasps> and Rob Corddry's got his arms in the air with this big fuck off grin on his face, <laughs> and it just keeps going like his arm gets trapped in the elevator. I mean, all these moments where he could lose his arm, but he doesn't. And it's also got a great cameo by a man called William Zabka, I think is his name. Um, probably won't recognize the name, but he is Johnny from The Karate Kid. Oh, oh shit. And I believe he was also the playing that same asshole role. Wasn't he back to school? The uh, yeah. Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, 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 in the yeah, 80s, yeah. he made his career playing like high school or college assholes. Back to school. Right. And in this movie, he's got a cameo playing essentially that character at 40 years old. And he's quite funny in it. It's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. And it, it flirts with being a gross-out comedy as yeah. well. There's scenes of it that are straight out of a gross-out comedy, but 
they go in, they happen at weird times. There's ones you would think would be totally hilarious if they did that, but they don't go that way in some places. And I'm guessing that they t- make complete use of the fact that it's in the 80s. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that, shit from the, that shit from the trailer, that yeah. is at very, very much at the beginning. And then they don't, they don't go for it that much then. I mean, no, they have, they they have got, stuff like poison there. It, yeah. it's, it's less about the 80s and it's more about what they were like when they were kids. Right. Because you've got the nephew character who's meeting his mom back when she was sort of a little bit old like in her when she was a fucking tramp she's like a slut you know just total like you know um, you know I'm gonna go fuck some guys I'm gonna like (laughs) smoke some right on the cushion Jesus Christ there is one particularly weird part in the movie I think in the script it worked on the page but seeing it is kind of weird because uh, John Cusack's character storyline is that um he he he's he's just gotten dumped by his I think long term girlfriend. Well, those are, this is the night that he broke up with her and she stabbed him in the face with right, a fork. With a fork, right? And, and then, he just doesn't get around to it because fuck, she's hot. Right. <laughs> that's, and, that's pretty much it. And then he meets, I forgot you were so he meets another girl who he didn't meet earlier when he first lived through yeah. the eighties. But you can tell they're meant to be soulmates. Yeah. Now that's one of those like typical romantic comedy storylines that you know it's in a movie like that, but. Visually, he also gets off his fucking face on mushrooms. Yeah, like in in between this, you know what I mean? It's not like a through line for him. It just kind of comes in and out when he meets. In and out. But the trouble is, visually, you've got a forty-year-old guy essentially hitting on a sixteen-year-old girl, which is kind of creepy. And to counteract that, they kind of cast uh, a woman who's more age-appropriate to John Cusack and just dressed her like she's younger, but she doesn't look sixteen. So you just get this weird sort of visual uh, on the on the thing. But I mean, overall, I think it's a good movie. It's yeah. worth a watch. And then you have the Ski Patrol guys, who are your Cobra Kai group. They're the, they're the 80s wankers, like, and they're yeah. all into Red Dawn and shit. It's yeah. like, no foreign enemy has taken, ever taken a American soul. The general consensus that, I mean, because I've read quite a few reviews for this, the general consensus is that the movie itself is way funnier than it has any right to be. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. It doesn't live up to the awesomeness of the title, yeah. but it is, I enjoyed it very but much. Movies like that seldom do. Like and Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, could never live a plane. Up, could never live up to the title. Yeah. But also, you've also got a cameo by Chevy Chase, who is so not funny in this movie. Yeah. Who is incredibly not funny. But is, is Chevy Chase still funny at all? I don't think so. I mean, in like, is, isn't he also in he's, Chuck? He's he was in, in Chuck and he's pretty bad at that. He's pretty good in Chuck. No, he's all right in Chuck. Uh, just weird. But, I mean, he's got a, he's got a regular part on this uh, sitcom called Community. Which I've heard of. It's Community is, School, right? Yeah. I've heard the paintballing episode is supposed to be one of the best hours of television ever. Yeah, it's one of the best half hours I've ever seen. And uh, he's, uh, he's quite good in that. But... Again, it's that Chevy Chase style, that kind of smug, smarmy sort of comedy delivery. So, mm. I mean, they get pissed off when you're like, totally with them. Like, yeah. Fuck you, dude. You never fucking answer a question. So, I mean, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth the a watch. Last, the, I think the last Chevy Chase movie I saw was Cops and Robertsons. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> with Jack Pounce. Still, still riding his Academy Award wave. Did he do any good movies? What, were he? Fletch? Fletch Lives? Mm. Is that it? Um, no, Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. That's okay, genius. That you know, like the, the first national, va- the first national lampoons vacation. Right, that was right, funny. Right. Um, but I do want to see Rob Corddry and more stuff. I'm doing the similar character because Rob Corddry steals the movie. Yeah, he's it, his face just like I said, he looks like a friend of ours. So he he is demented. You believe he's the violator? Yeah. <laughs> and there's that whole there's the whole speech that he, he gets at the end. They, yeah. give this, they give him the like you know the eighties fucking you know you can do this speech, and then right. he gets his ass handed to him. It's great. And, and there is some depth to the character as well. Yeah. Interestingly enough, no, he, Rob Corddry is definitely the best thing in Hot Tub Time Machine. Where's my fucking shoe? You got, that Blaine hit you so hard your shoe came off. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Everybody go watch it. Yeah, go see that. Cool. I'll definitely check that out now. 
Yeah, definitely check it out. It's worth watching. Worth watching. And now we move on to the box office results from Malaysia. At number 10, Kekobatul. Kekobatul. No idea. Number 9, Kapow. Atoy, the the Ajayat Boy. No idea. Number 8, The Haunting Lover. No idea. Number 7, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Supposed to be shit. Or also known as Pops Up. (laughs) Number 6, Legenda Budat Setan. No idea. Number 5, Sex in the City 2. Supposed to be absolutely horrifying. Atrocious. Number 4, The A Team. Yay. Go see this movie. We need Num- more of them. Yeah, nobody else is. Number three, Ravanan. Number, Number two, two, The Karate, Karate Kid. Kid. Good movie. You seen that? Yeah. yeah. Number one, Toy Story 3. Great movie. Good movie. In the US, number 10, Marmaduke. I hear this is shit killed these fucking stupid fucking movies now, hopefully, because it's just terrible. Number nine, Iron Man 2. Number eight, Jonah Hex. This movie opened badly. Uh, from what I understand, Jonah Hex is the same thing as Night and Day. It's yeah, sort of just all like, these different writers, all really, these different yeah. ideas sort of competing together. Although uh, one of the original scripts is written by the... the guys did Crank. Crank. Yeah, the guys did Crank. Chiron doesn't like Crank. Oh, yeah. I like Crank. I just think Crank... What is it? High voltage? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Hey. That's why it's awesome. I like narrative <laughs> in my movies. Cabbage and broccoli. Chicken and broccoli. <laughs> Chicken and broccoli. Right. Stop speaking Cantonese. Number seven, <laughs> Killers. I haven't seen anything on this movie, like a trailer or anything. It's supposed, supposed to be bad. Picture in yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be shit. It's supposed to be bad. Yeah. Number it's six, Persia. Number five, Shrek Forever After. I haven't seen that. That's not even in the top ten here. No? Huh? Oh, yeah. 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 You, you thought four. it was weird, right? Yeah. Get into the Greek. Again, this is supposed to be quite funny from what I've heard. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be that good, but, you know. Number three, the AT, yeah. hanging in there. Same top three as in Malaysia. 18, yeah. Karate Kid, Toy Story 3. Three. All good movies. Go see them all. All right, well, thanks for sitting in, Chiro. Yeah, my pleasure. Do we have anything to play here? Nope, okay. I guess that's it. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. See you guys.